Aggression is one of the last dirty words in our culture. You can be crass, you can be rude, you can even be profane, but ho, ho, aggressive, don't be aggressive, except it's wrong, dead wrong. I promise you nothing of meaning and transcendence will come into your life passively. It's time for you to get into the arena to push back against a passive, mediocre existence. I'm Brian Tome, and this is The Aggressive Life. Welcome to another episode of The Aggressive Life. Today we're going to cross over a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we're going to cross over a little bit. Some people some people might accuse me of jumping the shark. You know what's really bad when not only do you know what jumping the shark is, but you're old enough to remember watching the original episode when it aired in your parents' living room. Fonzie jumping a shark in happy days. Anyway, some people would accuse me of that today because today I'm going to have on a guy who's a motivational guru. Oftentimes people who are known as being motivational gurus are pushing us. They're pushing us. They're not just dropping phrases that sound interesting. They're pushing us to go to another level. They're pushing us to actually win. There's no participation medals or participation trophies in life. If all you're doing is participating, you are losing. So today, we're going to have somebody who is winning. He's winning in multiple areas. You keep hanging in on this, and I think your jaw is going to drop as you learn some things. He, he hasn't always won. Actually, he's actually done his fair share of losing which we're going to get into today as we talk about Tyler Jack Harris. Tyler Jack Harris is a force of nature, but he didn't start that way. In 2014, he hit rock bottom after a failed marriage and business. He was broke, in debt, and out of shape. Worst of all, playing the victim. Then something snapped. He picked himself up and got to work. He sold over 8,000, yes, I said 8,000 life insurance policies in the last three and a half years. How? One-on-one, face-to-face. He did it by spending over 200-plus nights each year in a hotel, working 16-plus-hour days. Today, he's a social media influencer with nearly 140,000 followers on Facebook, 50,000 on Instagram. His motivation brand has over 1.1 million followers with a combined social media reach of over 49,000 people every week. He hosts two podcasts. He creates daily content to motivate and inspire his followers to move. He's created over 5,000 pieces of content in the last two and a half years. How how does he get to this point? Well, in a word, aggression. Mm Tyler Jack took ownership of his life and started moving, and now he's reaping the rewards of that focus, and I'm excited for him to motivate us to do the same today. Welcome to the aggressive life, Tyler Jack Harris. (laughs) Man, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, here's my first question. Have you always been Tyler Jack? Because that's pretty pretty awesome. Tyler Jack, or Tyler, Ty, how long have you been Tyler Jack? I was born Tyler Jack, but never called Tyler Jack, but uh, in the world of trying to figure out an Instagram profile, 
profile that uh, isn't like the real Tyler Harris or the Tyler Harris. I just threw my middle name in there and we went with it. I like it. I like a <laughs> Tyler Jack. You know, it wouldn't work for me. I'd be like Brian Douglas Tome. That doesn't work, but Tyler Jack. Gonna get me some Jack. Yes, I like sir. it. Well, let's go back to a painful place because from what I've come to know about you, the stuff that is really aggressive came from a place of pain. Take mm -hmm. us back to that painful place and what was just difficult for you. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I grew up in a good home, had a really good upbringing and then life happened to me. And I think, you know, ultimately life happens to all of us. I was fortunate in having it happen to me at a pretty young age, but uh, I had a, you know, went through a failed marriage. I, I had a wife that had an affair and after trying to make that work for, for a you know, little over a year, it ultimately ended in divorce. And uh, around that exact same time, I had a failed business. And those two things really in combination kind of spiraled me out of control, a lot of depression, and just found myself in a place where really I, I had a fear of going all in again for fear that it'd be taken away from me because I'd gone all in on my marriage, felt like it was taken away from me. All in on this business, felt like it was taken away from me. So this fear of you know really making any full effort attempt on anything just left me in this place of playing a victim for about two and a half years mm. uh, of my life and not wanting to go all in and, and see that potentially taken away from me once again. Ultimately, playing the victim is, is there's no extra strategy there. Right. And, uh, but that's where I was. And, you know, my confidence had been beaten down and was at an all time low. And as cliche as rock bottom is, it was rock bottom for me. So if someone cruises your social media platforms, which I have, it looks all good. It really does. It looks, and I mean that complimentary, it looks all good. But what oftentimes happens is oftentimes that we drop out the story of our transition time. Let's go back there. Like you, you, you got your discipline going down right now, right? I mean, I, no one is going to be doing what you're doing right now without a level of discipline, without a level of self mastery. But Correct. when you're feeling lower than a footprint, which you must have felt, how did you start taking baby steps to self-discipline and self-mastery? So a lot of that was one of the, the most cliche of all things is taking a look in the mirror. But it was this moment of finally taking ownership and realizing that every single thing was my fault. Mm. That I was exactly where I was supposed to be based on the decisions I had made and the things that I had done. You know, I, I, I get pushback a lot from people on that, you know, especially when they talk about the marriage, like, oh, you're saying that, that your marriage failure was your fault, you know, that she had an affair, that that was your fault. I'm like, well, you know, let's think about it. If I had been the absolute best husband, created the absolute best environment in, in my household, would that affair have still happened? Probably not, maybe, but probably not. If I had been completely in tune with everything in my business and really thought about what Dude, was going on. Dude, that is huge right there. Let me just stop you. Right there. That is that is amazing. What you just said right there, like nobody who's been cheated on ever says that. That's that's massive. Say say that again because some people need to hear what it looks like to 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 man up and take responsibility. Just say that again. Yeah. So it's it's all your fault. I mean, that's it's those three words. It's all your fault. Mm. And because what's the alternative? Yeah. Playing the blame game and 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 somehow thinking that other people's actions control your life, like you control your life, you control all of those things, and more importantly, you control how you react to those things. And same thing with the business, like it was it was completely my fault. Mm -hmm. And 
the thing about that is it's so encouraging when you make that shift of taking full ownership of your life because you realize that, hey, if I got myself here, as bad as things are, then I can get myself out of it. Because if it was my fault and if it was my actions that got me here, then it'll only be through my actions that I can get myself to where I want to go. And so that's the mindset shift, but then actually comes like the effort and the work. And I talk about it and I call it waging war. Waging war on personal change. I love that. Which is quite aggressive. (laughs) Damn straight it is. And so waging war, I was in a place where it, to get me out of where I was, wasn't going to take some seminar or a little bit of, you know, self-development or, you know, the law of attraction. It was going to be an all out war to become a completely different version of myself. And, you know, that started by auditing the things that I was allowing into my life. I quit watching TV. I quit allowing any negative people around me, negative influences in my life and started just feeding myself with positive. So started reading an insane amount, listening to an insane amount of, you know, podcasts like we're on right now. Podcast interviews fed me at that time. Uh, YouTube videos, audiobooks, sermons, just anything that I could get my hands on. I was traveling a lot. Uh, I was on the road a lot. And so I had hours and hours of time where I was just getting fed and fed and fed positive information and then eliminating the negative very quickly becoming a different person uh, in the process. And it was really during that time that some mentors came into my life that really saw more in me than I saw in myself. Uh, at that time. And and I say that they breathed life back into me because they really breathed confidence back into me because they told me, you know, what I was capable. They told me what they saw in me. And, you know, they gave me an opportunity in in their business, which was in the insurance business. I had zero interest in insurance. I still have zero interest in insurance, although we own a gigantic insurance agency. It's just a vehicle. Um, we look at ourselves as a leadership development company disguised as an insurance agency. It's just a vehicle to help people come the best versions of themselves. Mm. But they gave me an opportunity and it was the exact right opportunity for me to build my confidence because it was very fast paced and transactional. I could go and put in effort and then see the reward instantly. And then I could go in and put twice the effort and see twice the reward instantly. And every time it would yes. build my confidence and I would go put in 5X effort and get 5X reward and my confidence would grow and I would do 10X. And, and there was never any end to the amount of work that I could put in that wouldn't produce the results on the other side. And, and that really, it built my confidence back up, which built my entire, just the way I carried myself. And you know, then started documenting that process on social media, and that's where everything really flipped for me. Yeah, you just, you, boy, you just touched really briefly on some things I want to go a bit deeper on. You you mentioned not watching TV, cutting that out, and I think a lot of people don't understand. It's not about watching TV rots your soul or rots your mind. It's really about so much of what we watch with TV is not propelling us forward. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And my thoughts, if they're controlled by people who are just freaking losers, and I mean my losers not trying to improve their lives, not grabbing life by the throat, not not trying to overcome, just trying to play the blame game, I, I can't be who I want to be. Yep. You, you took control of your brain by eliminating things that were hurting your brain. 
And to me, it's, it's all comes down to a capacity issue mm -hmm. that I think the majority of people out there have no idea that they're operating out of like 30, 40% of their capacity. And they don't realize all of these things that they have in their lives that are stealing and robbing of them of their capacity all throughout the day. And TV is, is one of those things. The news is, is, you know, the exaggerated version of TV robbing your capacity, but those little five minute, 10 minute here, 20 minutes here, as you calculate and add that stuff up in a day, you realize that, you know, we only have so much time in the day. And I just made this hard decision that I was going to focus as much time as I possibly could on bettering myself. And so I had to eliminate those things because they were distractions and they were robbing me of time that could be building me up. And that was using it for, you know, escapism or, you know, to uh, get away from the stress or, yeah. And, and I, and I get that and I understand. And I, you know, people say, well, I, I need some time to just unwind. Like I get it, but I can unwind with something positive just as well as I can unwind with something yeah, that's negative. That's right. That's right. And not only that, too many people, a lot of people aren't wound up enough to ever have to unwind. 100%. <laughs> I love when people, I love when people tell me I'm going to burn out. And then I always just very, very sincerely tell them that I apologize for not taking advice on burning out from someone who's never been on fire. <laughs> oh, that's a good line right there. That uh, I'm. You got any more of those like that? Just go ahead, breathe some fire in me right now. Come on, biggest, Tyler, Jack, give it to me. That I give it to me. Is this is if you seek discomfort, the world will deliver you pleasure. If you seek pleasure, the world will deliver you pain. And that's what I try to do every single day is try to seek out opportunities to get myself uncomfortable, whether it's in the gym, whether it's in my business, whether it's in my relationships, like let's, let's make it as uncomfortable as humanly possible because that's where the growth happens. Yeah, well, we know that in the physical world, so many things mirror the spiritual world. So yeah. in the physical world, unless we get those muscle tears, the muscles will not expand. And so we need to be in a place where we're getting micro tears in our spiritual world. But so many people are just not interested in that. We just, we just want the comfortable, easy life and it doesn't work that way. Micro tears and micro failures. Like people don't realize how important the micro failures, like obviously the macro failures will set you back, but those micro failures on a daily basis are what's going to build. I mean, that, that will be the foundation that you build your life upon. You talked about people. There's another thing you just mentioned that came around and sort of picked you up and maybe put salve on wounds. Did, did you know these people before all the crisis happened? They just enter your life magically during the crisis? I mean, I don't know if magically is the right word, but I, I knew of them, but I didn't know them. Uh, it was a random Facebook message from one of them, <laughs> mm. which you know resulted in a, a coffee meeting, which resulted into a relationship that started to grow over a course of about a year. And then ultimately a year later, then that kind of blossomed into an opportunity to come on board and, and actually work with these guys, which now are, are my business partners and like brothers of mine. Um, but ultimately it was what, you know, I did in turn, you know, once that relationship was built. 200 nights in a hotel selling insurance policies like where did the motivation come to spend that much time in a hotel room because when you're selling insurance policy it's not like you're walking away from that kind of Ooh, i got ten more thousand dollars in my pocket today <laughs> man what where, where did you get that motivation from i mean i think there's a lot to be said for someone that has their back up against the wall and I didn't have a choice. Yeah, I had a fam I knew family and there was no contingency plan. 
Um, I had to make it work. And I'm an extremely, extremely competitive person. And, you know, within our organization, we, you know, compete on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. And I truly believe that sometimes I just wanted to be number one on the leaderboard more than I wanted the commission that came along with being number one on the leaderboard. Uh, But the money always follows. And uh, when I see something that I can plug effort into and has no cap on the end result, then it just became this addiction into seeing when does it stop? You know, if I put this much more effort in, you know, what will happen uh, on the other side? And, and it just, it never did. And, um, came out of the field. Yeah, you know, I haven't been selling, you know, personally for about a year, a little over a year now. Uh, so now I'm just coaching and training and leading our agents across the country. I'm in a different state every week, training new agents, which has been the most incredible process because I want to be able to be a part of their story in somehow resembling my story of going from, you know, being flat broke to where I am today and being able to be integral in the part of that process on the front end has been extremely rewarding. Is there an end point? And I don't mean an end point where you shut it down and you retire to Florida and have mosquitoes suck your geriatric skin. I'm, I'm not talking about that kind of shutdown, but is there a point for you where you go, all right, the rhythm I have right now, the output I have right now, That'll do. I'll just, I'm going to keep chugging on this level of output and, and spend time on other aspects of life. What's your personal philosophy on that? So my personal philosophy is, is that balance doesn't exist and that it's all about recognizing the imbalances and being able to adjust accordingly. The earth is in balance with the sun and all the planets in the solar system are in balance with each other, but they're completely different sizes, different distances. Same thing with your life. It's just figuring out which area of your life deserves the greatest gravitational pull in that particular season. And so my philosophy is I'm going all in in all areas. And so when I'm at home, I am completely all in with my daughter. I'm completely all in with my wife. When I'm at work, I'm completely all in with my work. When I'm in the gym, I'm completely all in. It's all about what am I focused on right now? Can I go all in on that area? And I think so many people just use this idea of balance as a crutch as to why they need to work less. Well, it's not just balance right now. It's it's this new word. I don't know if you're aware of this. I just had somebody talk to me about it who's in the corporate world. So the big thing they're their corporation has been pushing is blending your life, <laughs> not balancing your life, you know, which is yeah. really different and really, really insidious. To hit a golf ball very far, you have to have an unbalanced body in each micro step or else you can't drive the ball. Holistically, you're balanced, but you got to weight up your back, your back foot, and you got to weight up your front foot in the follow through or else you're not going to drive the ball. So that's the, that's the, the, um, the game that we've been taught of as balance, have these normal things that aren't moving, not true. But now I think what's even more insidious is this idea of, well, when you're at work, when you're at work, it's okay to take personal calls. When you're at work, it's, we expect you to be able to, to leave and, and go close on your new house. And when you're at home, we expect you to be answering your emails. And when you're home, we expect you to be texting us your latest ideas. This, this blending is happening, and I don't think we're getting the potency because of it. And that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about being all in, not blending anything. It's workout time. It's freaking workout time. Not, oh, I got a couple ideas I want to talk about next week. Yeah, and I think just the reality is 
when you hear people talk about balance, you never hear, you never hear somebody say, yeah, man, last quarter, you know, I just, man, I killed it at home. I was the best dad. I was the best husband this quarter. I really, I think I'm going to spend some more time at work this quarter. That's never the conversation. The conversation is always, well, I need to work on my work-life balance. I'm going to start leaving the office at four instead of five. Like why is, why? So I believe that the truly successful people will balance through addition, not subtraction. If you need to be at home more, be at home more. doesn't mean you need to work less. It may mean you need to sleep less. You need to keep, you need to go to less happy hours on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. You need to hang out with your friends less, but it certainly doesn't mean you need to work less just because you need to be home more. And I think that that, like we were talking about, you know, how much TV people are watching. If people actually took an audit of their day and realized how much time they're just absolutely wasting, they would realize they have plenty of time to do absolutely everything and go all in on all areas of their life and quit complaining about things being out of balance. It sounds like what you're saying would be a lot easier to do if you were single Mm -hmm. because when you're married, now all of a sudden you got somebody else's vibe you got to check into and kind of slowing down and being relational and not being task oriented is kind of the name of the game of keeping a marriage going. So is there any like caveat you'd throw in there for how a relationship operates with these kind of values? Yeah. I mean, the only way I'm able to do what I do is because of the strength of my wife, a hundred percent. And, and I've had people from time to time, they'll, they'll say stuff to me like, man, you know, you got to stop traveling so much. You just got to start, do, stop doing this, stop doing that. Like you got a family and I'll just look at them in the eye and I'll say, you're right. You know, spending 238 nights in a hotel in a year is not ideal, but I promise you, I spent more quality time with my wife than you did last year. And you were home every single night. So it's all about how, int- how would that happen? You? Cause it's about all about how intentional you are with your time. Like if you're at home, but you're really on your phone and you're not really paying attention and you're not doing a date night and you're not actually communicating with your wife and you're not spending real quality time with her, then you're just, there's a big difference between being present and being available. Hmm. So yeah, you're at home, but you're not really there. You're not really, you're not really engaged. But you're not home that much if you're out 238 nights a year. Not to be aggressive with you here a little bit. I'm just like, uh, I'm not sure if I'm calling bullshit on you or if I'm asking you to like explain more. 230 days, 38 days, 238 days, right? So for me, there's been a big paradigm shift in the last year and a half. So the last year and a half, it's been like, I would say 125 days. Ah, uh, there you go. You're giving the, us the whole story. <laughs> Tyler Jack Harris tells the truth. But- I would feel 100% confident going to 238 other than the fact that I wouldn't want to leave my daughter um, because my communication with my wife, it's all about the communication level of understanding that, hey, for the next three weeks, I got to be on the road this much, but in three weeks, we're going to go on a trip to you know here and let's look forward to that and let's plan that now and let's get on, on the same page with that. And it's all about establishing that level of communication where my wife can tell me at any point on any given day, Hey, you've been traveling a lot lately. You've been doing some speaking engagements on the weekends, which is taken away. Like, I think you need to be home a little bit more. And my answer is 100%. Yes. Okay, great. And the first time I did that, I took two months and I, I was home for two months. And then I went back right, right back out on the road. And then there's been times, you know, six, 10 months later that she said, Hey, need, need to be home a little bit more. Yes. I'm there. It's not that I don't want to be there. I'd love, I'd love to be able to be there all the time. You know, it's not like I want to be traveling and want to be doing these things, but it's just, you know, means to an end. I'm curious, as a man of faith, 
How do you think about aggression? Most people think, man, people of faith are just sort of passive. They're just <laughs> trying to be nice. They're trying to, you know, put, not put their penis someplace they shouldn't go, and that's kind of the the victory of life. You're <laughs> you're, you're you're doing a lot more than just not doing things you shouldn't do. Give us give me a primer. Give us a primer on why it is people of faith are aggressive. Jesus was not the, you know, feathered hair blowing in the wind, carrying a sheep. Like he was aggressive in in everything that he did. And to me, it's aggression is all about intent and focus. It's not like this idea of like being angry. It's being intensely focused. Now, when some people are intensely focused, it comes across as being angry because there's passion. And so for me, an aggressive life, an aggressive life of faith is living a life on purpose with a purpose and knowing exactly who you are and that you're made in God's image and looking at each area of your life and your faith. Like I look at finding people that are far from God as aggressively as I look at squats that I did this morning in the gym. Um, you know, and it takes that level of intensity to actually be able to hang in and do something and make an actual impact. And so I'm, I'm very transactional. Um, I'm very goal oriented. I'm very competitive. So, you know, when I, when I look at, you know, my faith, I look at, you know, how many people could I lead to Christ this month? And next month, could I lead 10 more? Wait a minute. You have an actual goal for something that matters in eternity. I just don't find that people of faith are about, about aggressively blessing people. That's what, that's what reaching people is, blessing people. You're blessing people with the ability to understand God, to know your creator. And why, why is that always taking last place in our lives? I don't understand. Why, why do we have workout regimens and we're all about setting goals for workout regimens and we don't have a regimen for understanding who, who, who I know that doesn't know who Jesus is? I don't, I don't understand how we'd be so goal-driven getting my finances in order, but we're so ungoal oriented as it relates to things that are important to the heart of God, which is people. Blows my mind and ticks me off. It, it, it is. It's the biggest disconnect that I see in this world is that people that claim to be Christians, if you believe, if you're telling me that you believe in heaven and you believe in hell, but you're not willing to talk to your best friend about it, then I would say you actually don't believe in those things. Because if yeah. you truly believed and what happens when you have a relationship with God, then you would tell every single person around you about it. And so well, most people, you actually most people believe can't, it. Well, those people can't tell their friend about it because they don't have any friends that uh, are in a different place spiritually. They've, uh, you know, that Jesus was accused of being a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And the average person and, in the average church in our that, country cannot be accused of that. And that assumption will be the greatest mistake that someone will ever make. That's right. Because we all we all assume, especially I'm in the southeast, we all assume everybody assumes that everybody's a Christian down here. But they realize that they actually just got baptized when they were in the first grade because their parents told them to go do something and they have zero relationship with God on a daily basis. <laughs> we start <laughs> having church here. This is not a faith <laughs> this is not a faith podcast. I'm not putting out there as a faith sure. podcast, but dude, this was great today. I personally, I'm never going to sell a, a life insurance policy <laughs> and you taught me a lot today. I'm very, awesome. very thankful for you and the time you took with us on the aggressive life. Any, any final thing, how can people follow you up or, tr or track you on social media? How would someone follow you or contact you? 
So everything's at Tyler Jack Harris. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of that, or they can go to TylerJackHarris.com and uh, they can find me there and I respond to every single DM. So we'd love to have some conversations and, and further this along. And man, I'm honored to be on the podcast. I love what this podcast is all about because I truly believe that the lack of aggression is a cancer in our society right now. So I'm excited to be a part of this. Well, you've uh, pushed the ball forward, brother. So well done. Hey, thanks for listening. If this episode has impacted you, hey, share with somebody else. All of us have influence, people that can look to us for direction. Use your influence positively, aggressively. And if this has meant something to you, then pass along to those that you're leading. Uh, You can see more at bryantome.com or search me on Instagram. Special thanks to the band Judges for our music. You can find more from them on Instagram at The Band Judges or at Facebook.com slash The Band Judges. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio. 